Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. What a wonderful attitude to have to give God your all. Thank you, Lord. That's what he asks, what he requires of us. He says, that I'm asking for all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, everything that you are. Give it to me. And he does the same in return. He didn't just talk about doing something good for us. He came down. He robed himself in flesh. And he did such a great thing for us by dying for us on Calvary. And we're going to be talking about that this coming Sunday. Brother Joey Campatella will be with us. Uh, Amen. Amen. And I do hope that uh, you invite someone to be here with you. I hope you make that a priority in the next couple of days to make sure someone's going to be with you for Easter. Wouldn't that be an awesome thing to uh, help someone come to know the Lord as we celebrate the risen Christ? Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. I am going to uh, continue in a study uh, that we call the... um, The Elephant Series is what we're calling this, and we are basing that off of the elephant in the room. Anybody know what that is? Something that everyone knows, but no one wants to talk about. So we've hit a few elephants, right? Yes, we have. We've talked about it, and I I know that when you talk about elephants, you have to be careful. I was on, in Africa years ago, and um, we were on a, uh, we, we did missions work. I was there for three weeks, and we were in Kenya and Tanzania, and one of these days, we were going down this road. It was a two-lane road, um, and it was backed up a good bit, uh, but the reason it was backed up was not just because someone didn't want to go fast, because they drive fast over there, very fast over there. Um, it's not because there was a wreck. There's nothing like that. There was an elephant in the road. You know, I said, yeah, it's a likely story, right? I mean, over here they have deer crossings. There they have elephant crossings. And, uh, and so he was just standing there on the road, and so everyone just stood there because <laughs> uh, you don't want to get him mad because he will ram you. And, but as long as you're cool with him, he's cool with you. And he just kind of, you know, he would just sit there and, look around and take a couple of steps. And when he moved, everyone moved and everyone waited. So when you're dealing with an elephant, I know you do need to be careful. Uh, but at the same time, you do have to deal with the elephants. And uh, the elephant that I'm going to be referring to here tonight uh, may not be an elephant uh, necessarily for uh, everybody, but for some it is. And for me, as the pastor, uh, it is. And I'm going to be talking about money. Oh, see that? You you see what that was just then? That's what I'm talking about right there. As soon as you bring it up, everyone is, oh, my. You remember here just a few weeks ago, I was doing a series, and I was talking about giving. And I kept stressing the part that I'm not talking necessarily about giving money. I'm talking about giving of yourselves. Y'all remember that very clearly? Let me be very clear tonight. Tonight, I'm talking about money. So let's ask the Lord to help us. Let's pray. Lord, in the name of Jesus, 
I pray for every heart, every life. Help us, God, to have our hearts plowed up, ready for good, good soil for your word. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will give us clarity and direction. Help us to understand your word. Help us to operate according to your word. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Everyone said amen. And so in, in speaking of this, there are two basic things that we will be talking about. Uh, that is tithing and offerings. And uh, I do not, I've been pastoring, I uh, was voted in in 2007. I may have talked about this. Uh, as far as a study like this, maybe one time since then. I believe the only time I talked about it was before I was actually pastor. And so this is not a topic that I like to talk about. But it's kind of like fasting. No one likes to talk about fasting, and definitely no one likes to actually fast. But everyone likes the results of a fast, the power that comes with it. And the same is true about this. When you begin to understand and wrap your brain around it, the power of God and the direction of God. And so I don't like to talk about it. Been pastoring since 07. Haven't talked about it to my knowledge maybe once. Uh, I talked to someone not too long ago. They said that they attended a church that almost every week, if not every week, they were talking about uh, this subject. So my point is that I don't talk about tonight a whole lot. So tonight I'm going to talk about it, and I'm going to talk extremely plainly about it. That way I don't have to just keep saying it over and over again. And you don't have to guess what I'm talking about. If I say preach, Pastor. All right. And so we're going to talk about it, and we're going to just say it all the way. Uh, I'm not going to do like the boy that, that was cutting the dog's tail off an inch at a time. The man walked up and said, what are you doing? I'm cutting my dog's tail off. He said, just cut the whole thing off. He says, it's killing him an inch at a time. I can't think what it would do if I cut the whole thing off. So I'm not going to do it an inch at a time. I'm just going to go ahead and say it, and uh, we're going to move forward. But the Bible speaks a lot about money. As a matter of fact, um, there is more mention of money in the Bible than any other topic in the Word of God. The Bible talks about money more than anything else because it's very important in how we deal with it and how we uh, operate around money. And it's very sensitive, isn't it? Isn't it? No one knows whether amen or not what's going to happen. Just walk with me. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, talks about no man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. That mammon there is actually referring to money. Mammon is money. You cannot serve God and money. And America, our God, is money. I like capitalism a lot. But I'm telling you, money is what controls America. 1 Timothy 6 and 10 says, For the love of money is the root of all evil. Money is not the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. Money is amoral. It has no morality to it. It's amoral. It's just like this, this water right here. I can, I can take this water and throw it in your face. Or I can give it to you and you can have a nice drink. It, it means nothing. It's depending on how you use it. 
money is amoral, has no morality to it, but it's how you act upon it, how you live your life based on the money that you have depends on whether or not you are going in evil ways or good ways. And we talk a lot about it through the years. Uh, I have done series on, on, on finances, and I think it's very important. We uh, have done often in this church, and we will do uh, much, uh, I was going to say much more, many more times, a lot more. Uh, we will talk more about and use some of Dave Ramsey's material. I encourage you to get some of his books, excellent material, just about how to get out of debt, how to stay out of debt, how to uh, work with your money. Uh, all those things are very important uh, in the in the in the our walk with God, how we handle our money is very important. Now, I'm going to say sharp things here tonight, so just go ahead and prepare yourself. There are a lot of people that simply don't know how to handle money, and some of that means they don't know how to keep money. They just lose it. If you don't tell your money where to go, you're going to spend your life wondering where it went. That's the way it works. But at the same time, people can't handle the blessings of God. There are people that when they start getting blessed, they miss all kinds of church, do all kinds of different things. But as soon as they start losing money, don't have anything, they're going to be right there in the house of God. Your priorities, whether you got good jobs or bad jobs, needs to be the things of God. That needs to be the top priority. Make sure you can handle your blessings. Make sure you handle your blessings. And so God established processes of, of keeping things for himself. Keeping things for himself. Let's go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. You find this basic process in place. You find that God created the, the garden. We have heard this before. He created everything. And then he looks at Adam and Eve and says, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, freely. No holds bars. Eat as much as you want. Uh, have a great time eating all this stuff. But... This tree, you're not to touch. God reserves the right to say, go ahead and do whatever you want with this. I gave it all to you. I planted all the trees in the garden. I made them all jump up out of the ground. Uh, but, but this one, even though I, I, I created it just like I created all the rest, don't touch it. And God reserves the right to say, some things I'm holding back for myself. And, 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 and we see the way God receives things as we go on. You have Cain and Abel. And again, this is a story we are very familiar with, that Cain and Abel, the Bible says, in the process of time, you find in Genesis 4 and 3, in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and the fat thereof. And the Lord have respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, his countenance fell. He got so upset because God says, I like the way this one's giving, but I don't like the way that one's giving. And people think, well, God's just going to have to be happy with whatever I give him. No, he don't. First of all, he's God. He don't have to do anything. 
We can't, we can't put him in a position where he's going to have to do anything. But here we find two people and their attitude. They both brought something to the Lord. They both have something for God uh, to, to offer to him. But God says, this one I respect and this one I have no respect for. One brought of the firstlings of his flock and the fat thereof. The other one just picked up some vegetables and some turnips from the ground and said, here, God, I hope you like it. And so we find that God reserves things for himself, and then what we freely give him, he still looks at our heart and our attitude based on how we give it to him. So some things God says don't touch, it's already reserved for me. That's a tithing. Other things are free will offerings, but if we give it to him with the wrong attitude, God still will reject it. But God doesn't just throw it out. He looks back at Cain. Cain's upset. Next verse you find where God is speaking to him. It says, why are you upset? Why are you wroth? Why are you all upset right now, man? He said, why, why is your countenance fallen? Why you got the sad face on? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? He's saying, come on, man. You know how to do this thing, right? Don't act like you don't know the right thing to do here. He says, if you do well, you'll be accepted. But if you do not well. This is after he already made a decision. He is trying to say, look, go back to the altar and do it right. Do it right. You say, well, I've messed up. Some of the things you're talking about, Pastor, I just didn't do it right. Well, that's okay. Next time you go to the altar, let's do it right. And let's not get an attitude or anything towards a brother or a sister or the pastor for saying that's not the right way to do it. And so we are giving, and giving comes in many different ways. Um, and, and God decides how he's going to receive this thing. So everything we give to God must be with the right attitude, whether that be our tithing, our offerings, whether that be the time we give to God, our talents that we give to God. It's important that you don't give your talent up here, and you're up here playing, and you got a bad attitude. It's going to be elephants all night long, so just stick with me. And so you got to have a right attitude because you, you must honor God. That's what I want to do. Anybody else here want to honor God? Honor God. The Bible says, Proverbs 3 and 9, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Brother Trace, I appreciate you giving this to me, but can you please plug that in down there? My iPad's about to die. Right down there is a plug. There we go. Technology. Boink. See, now I'm going to be here all night. Perfect. <laughs> Honor the Lord. With thy substance, what you get, what you work for. This substance here is things that you work for. Honor the Lord with the things that you work for that you have and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Anything that is increased to you is what we tithe on. Now, I'm jumping ahead of myself, but that's what it is. And the Bible goes on. Let me give you a little hope, hope right now because I'm about to go dooby-dooby down so we can go dooby-dooby up. He said, so thy barn shall be filled with plenty, 
and thy precious shall burst with new wine. I'm telling you, he says, when you honor me, I am going to bless you, and your barns are going to be filled. Your presses are going to run over new wine. I'm telling you, there is a great reward when you obey the word of God. But see, when people do not honor God, go back to verse 9 again. Honor the Lord. Look at how he's wanting this honor. Look what the, 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 the wise man is saying here in, in Proverbs. Honor the Lord with this, thy substance, with the first fruits of thy increase. Give God your best. That's honor. Well, what's the opposite of that? Dishonor. Does he talk about that? Yeah, notice here, first fruits of thine increase. Give him the best that you have. Malachi chapter 1 verse 6. A son honoreth his father, and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is mine honor? Wow. Where is my honor? Where is the honor that you, you say, well, I, I, you're my father. You are the great God of the universe. He says, if that's the case, you say you honor the father. Your servant honors his master. Where is my honor? Well, how are they dishonoring him? If it be, he talks about the master, his fear, saith the Lord of hosts unto you, O priest that despise my name. And ye say, wherein has I, have I despised your name? What are you talking about? How have we done this? He talks about you have offered this bread, and the bread that is speaking of here, it says you, have, you are offering this poultry bread on my altars, and you're asking me the question, what am I talking about? Ye say, the table of the Lord is... is uh, got all these issues you you just don't really honor me you're not doing the right thing what is happening here you are bringing blind sacrifice otherwise sister brother ryan and sister jenny had a cow just a little bit ago they had to put down because it had a a messed up eye there was things going on there was problems with it they knew they had to they take care of it these are this is the kind of stuff that they're bringing to the house of the lord they're bringing all these blind sacrifices they're bringing things that that were you know the, the worst sheep that they had you know the one the the the, the runt of the litter or, or they're bringing the one with a, a, a weepy eye or they're bringing one that uh, don't have all its fur it's all mangy and stuff and they're like oh here let me give this to the lord he's going to be happy ain't i honoring god he said what, what are you talking about you honor me you're bringing me your lame and your the, the lame animals the sick things he says is that not evil hmm that's, he's, he's mad. But now look what he says here. He says, is that not evil? Offer it now unto thy governor. You go ahead and try what you're giving to me, God's saying. You go ahead and try to do that to the governor. You go ahead and pay your taxes that way. Well, you don't really pay your taxes. You just kind of act like you pay your taxes. Look, I'm in the book, y'all. Y'all just stick with me. It's an elephant, but it's, I'm in the book. He's saying, oh, we're going to make sure we got our books right for the government. We're going to make sure we do exactly the way we need to do it for, for, for all that. But when it comes to God, let me just get the worst thing I have to give to him. He's saying, you wouldn't do that to your governor. You wouldn't do that on, the, on that political level. Why are you bringing that? You think I should have to accept that kind of stuff? 
He ends in verse 10 by saying, neither will I accept the offering of your hand. I'm not going to accept it. God does not have to just accept anything. We should bring him the best, the firstlings of the flock, the fat thereof. We should bring God the best because God has done nothing but good to us. And let me tell you something. Amen. That's all right. He goes on to say, listen, if you won't bring the right stuff to me, I'll find somebody. The next scripture talks about I'll get the, the Gentiles, those that were on the outside. He said, I will raise up from the sun to the going down of the same, uh, uh, someone that is going to uh, make my name great among the Gentiles in every place. They're going to increase. Uh, they're going to have they're going to have great things in my name. And all this is going to happen. It ends by saying, even though they're among the heathens, I'm still going to bless them. God says, I'm going to find somebody that loves me enough to give me their best. I'm going to find somebody that's going to honor me uh, with the first fruits of their increase. Uh, I'm going to find somebody uh, that's going to do this thing right. Oh, praise God. The Bible tells us this is the attitude we should have. Every man, according as he has purpose in his heart, so let him give, not begrudgingly nor of necessity, for God loves a chill forgiver. He loves someone that, this is actually a hilarious giver, someone that just laughs out loud giving. LOL. <laughs> giving with joy. Why? Not because I'm giving to a man, but understanding I am honoring God. All right, let's go into this. We find this. Let's start with Abraham. He's a good one to start with. He is our father. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 29, and if ye be in Christ, anyone here in Christ? I'll try that one more time. A little participation here. Anyone here in Christ? Good. Making sure I was in the right place. If any, be, uh, any of you be in Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed... And your heirs according to the promise. All the promises God gave Abraham, baby, they're for you. That's something to get excited about because Abraham was blessed. So we are the seed, the children of Abraham. It says again in Romans chapter 8, verse 16, Therefore it is a faith that we might by grace to the end of the promise might be sure to all the seed. We are the seed of Abraham, not only uh, that of, which is of the law, but uh, to that also which is of faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Now, this is written to the Romans. This is to the Gentiles. He's saying Abraham is the father of us all. Turn to someone and say, you're a child of Abraham. So what is it that Abraham did? Abraham, you find in the Word of God, as he walked by faith, he walked by the Spirit. And that's what, that's what tithing and offering is all about. It's really a step in the act of faith. As he was walking by faith, Lot 
uh, his nephew went into Sodom and Gomorrah, and there he it got very wicked, and it was an awful place. And, and so the angels are later pull him out. But before that happens, there was a battle, a, a, a war that happens, and uh, they come down and they capture Lot, his family, his goods, and all the city. They devastate uh, these cities, and they carry them off. And when Abraham hears about it, now he's just a traveling shepherd. He's got a lot of blessings on him. But he gathers up his men. He knows the blessings of God are on him. He is not walking around with an army, although he's got men that aren't wimps. He's not walking around with an army. But nevertheless, when he finds out Lot has been taken, his nephew, he gathers up his men. And he goes and he clings the enemy's clock. He defeats them. He brings everything back. And when he comes back with all the spoils, the Bible says... In Genesis chapter 14, verse 18. Here, someone say that name for me. It just, there, where is it? there it is, Melchizedek, thank you. The king of Salem. Everyone wants to know who this is. Don't matter who he is right now. Melchizedek, he is there. He is the king, but not only is he a king, the Bible says, look here, it says he was the priest of the most high God. Everyone say he's a man of God. He was a man of God, and Abraham was back from this battle and began to realize and think about how good God was to him. He began to think about, even though at this point he ain't got that promised child yet, he's just thinking of the goodness of God. And the Bible says that when he came to, to the man of God, Melchizedek, he comes to the priest of the Most High, he begins to bless him. And Abraham uh, is talking about how God is going to use him as a blessing. And the Bible says in verse 20 that he gave him tithes of all. Abraham gave tithes of all. Everything that Abraham got, he gave tithes to the man of of God. So Abraham starts this process, and we're going to come back to Abraham in a few minutes. But Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, this lineage, all the way through this, you find here where Jacob has an experience with God there where he calls it Bethel, where the, the presence of God came down and the glory of God was all around him. And in and Genesis chapter 28, verse 22, and there on that stone, uh, he set a pillar, and he said, this shall be the house of God. That's where you bring your tithes and offerings to, the house of God and he says of all uh, that I shall that you shall give me I will surely give thee a tenth unto the uh, back unto thee everything you give me I'm going to pay a tenth a tithe I'm going to give it back to you so what is this tithing now we use words and we think everyone just knows what they are it's like you know when you get up here and someone's new to church and we're praying for them you got some people saying let go and someone else is saying, hang on. And that poor person is praying and they're crying. They don't know. They're just like, I just want you, Jesus. But that person is saying, let go. They're saying, you just need to let go of all the issues in your life. You need to let go of all the mess in your life. Just give it to God. And the other one's saying, hang on. He's saying, don't stop praying now. Just keep hanging on. But we just say these things, but people don't know what we're talking about. We're just excited. And there's lots of things like that. And tithing, a lot of times you say the word tithing, and people don't know what you're even talking about. What is it? What is a tithe? 
What is a tithe? This, this term is a, a biblical term. The tithing means a tenth or a tenth part. It means 10%. That's what it means. So when the Bible says Abraham or Abram, later Abraham, gives a tithe, it's not something he just kind of came up with. I think I'm going to give you about this much. It was a, a tithe means he gave 10%. And when Jacob, moved by the presence of God, says, I promise I'm going to give you a tithe, a tenth, it's 10% of what he gets. So this is what, what was there. He's laying this out. I am going to give this. Why 10%? Now, you could spend a long time on this, but why 10%? Why did God choose 10%? I don't know, first of all, he's God. But I do know that that 10% is, our, is the system that our, our, our 10, um, excuse me, is what everything is based on. Everything is based on blocks of 10, not only in America, around the world. There's been different, I was studying look, and studying, looking up this, but all over the world, there has been different uh, things tried to be implemented, but it's uh, around the world, it's, it, a, it, everything is in units of 10. You get into computers and they start trying to do different things, but the basics of all numbering systems, everything put together is based on 10, and it has been forever and ever, amen. Based on 10. Most people say the reason why it, had, it started and it still remains is because we have 10 fingers. I know in school it helped me a lot. Well, how much is that? Everything's based on 10. Everything was on blocks of 10. If you count 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, when you get back to 11, you're starting back at 1. And you do 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. When you start 21, you're back at 1. Everything is built on base of 10. And so 10 is the foundation of the whole. And so when you give God a tenth, you are giving him the foundation of everything that you have. The 10 represents the whole. And so you say, well, God, I'm going to give you. And God says, well, you know what? You've got to survive in this world. You, you're the one. Now, listen, if I was to come up to Brother Roland right now, and I was to, what do I got here? Oh, a dollar. That ain't going to work. Let me get something different. Here we go. 20. I was going to go up to Brother Roland, and I'd say, here, here's your 20. Now give me two bucks back. You got dollars on you? No, no, you ain't got no dollars on you. But if he had $2... And he gave it back to me. Now, he's got $2, just not $2 bills. But if he gave me those $2 back, he didn't give me nothing. I gave him $20. And I asked for $2 back, 10%. See, if you believe what we say we believe, in him we live and move and have our being, everything we have God gave us, when it comes to giving that tithe back, we ain't giving nothing to God. God gave us the 20. We're giving $2 back. We coming out on the best end of that deal. I believe everything I have, God gave it to me. I live in the blessings of God. But when I give a tenth, that God asks back, it represents everything he's given me. Because everything is based on the units of 10. Oh, that's so cool. 
And so we're talking about the 10% that God did. Now, notice, thus far, we are talking only about before the law. We're talking about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. We're talking about uh, what happened before the law. I am not in the law yet. I'm about to go to the law. But see, tithing is before the law. Now, in the law, there were at least three tithes. Tithe, three different. There was a tithe for the priesthood. There was a tithing for the festivals and the things that they did. There was also a tithing that had to do with the poor and the widow. These were all separate tithing. So before we get upset about the tithing, in the law, there was three. Count it up. That's 30%. Tithing means 10, 10, 10. I'm not real good at math, but I know what that is. So you have all these different laws, but focusing here on, on the tithing that we still implement uh, today because they implement it in the New Testament, and we're going to look at that in just a moment. Um, as we begin to look through this, just notice that we have been talking about tithing all the way back to Adam, or Adam, there was a thing he couldn't have, but actual tithing with Abraham and with Jacob. But now we move into uh, what is known as the law. Leviticus chapter 27, uh, beginning with verse 30 through 32. It says, all the tithing in the land, tenth of everything, whether it's the seed of the land, the fruit on the, of the trees, is the Lord's. It's the Lord's already. Just like when I give my, my, my child, we're not at this point, but I know it's coming because I did it to my mom and dad. I give them something for them to go out to eat with all the young people, and then they come back and act like they ain't got no change. I did it. I know. So I know my tricks. I know what my kids are going to try to do. But when they give me that back, whatever the change is, they ain't giving me nothing. I gave it to them. So God's just saying, listen, I'm giving you all that, but 10 remains mine. <laughs> he said, it is holy to the Lord. Again, what makes something holy? The fact that it's separated from this world unto God. It's not holy if you just use it for everything. It's holy because it's separated from the world unto God. And so that tithing is 10%. It's separated from, the, from the, your normal use to the things of God. And to the priesthood, we'll see here in just a second. And if any man, check this out, if any man uh, be willing at all to redeem aught of his tithes, he shall add thereunto a fifth part thereof. What is that, roughly 20%? About 20%. What this is actually referring to is the actual sheep. So if you, if you, if you a tithe was your, your sheep, you had 10 sheep, so one of them were going, but you wanted that sheep back. When You, you didn't just take the sheep back, or you did not just say, I'm going to give you uh, whatever that sheep's worth. You gave 20% more what that sheep's worth. Oh, man. How big is this elephant, by the way? It, it goes on to talk about the, the tithing. Um, 
Again, it says in verse 23, it ends with saying that the tenth shall be holy unto the Lord. So it's just talking about this tithing. It's a tenth part of everything that, that you receive is given back to the Lord. If you're going to act like you're going to use that in today's, it would be like what you don't want to do this. We're going to get in here in a minute. But you're going to act like, well, I know I'm going to pay this tithe, but I'm going to use it first to do something, to get an investment. Then I'm going to get it back and do it. According to the word of God, you need to add 20% to what you were going to give. That's the word. Okay? But now, the, 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 this tithing was for Numbers chapter 18, verse 24. But this tithing uh, of the children of Israel, which they shall offer um, as a heave offering unto the Lord, I have given it to the Levites to inherit it. And so what, what this is talking about is the fact that when, the, when they came into the promised land, all the other tribes got land got farms, got everything, but not the Levites. That was the priesthood. They got cities, and everybody else was to take a tenth of everything they got, everything they got, their gross, a tenth part, and they were to bring that to the Levites. And that's how the Levites, the priesthood, was to live and everything and operate was based on that. It was for the Levitical priesthood. Everybody say amen. amen. Deuteronomy, I'm just doing Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. I'm just hitting a couple of verses because uh, I don't want to stay in the law that long. Um, Deuteronomy 14, verse 22, uh, thus shalt uh, a, a true tithing, otherwise 10% of all, everyone say of all, all the increase of thy seed, all the increase of thy seed. There's a tenth, a tithing of all the increase that's in the field that you bring in year by year. Coarse crops come in year by year. But now notice this. Um, I'm going to get there in just a minute. But it talks about the, to the corn, the wine, the, the herds, the flocks, the oil, whatever it is you're, you're bringing in. Uh, verse 24, Deuteronomy 14, verse 24, says if um, you're, it's a long ways, it's too far for you to come. It'd be too long for thee, and thou, thou cannot carry it. You don't just forget it. You don't go, man, by the time I get my, my crops where, where I'm doing it and where, the, where I need to take it to, to, to the man of God in my life, but by the time I get there, it's going to be spoiled and everything, so I'm just, I'm just not going to bring it. He said, no, no, that's not how you handle that. What he says in verse 25, it says, then if, if it's not going to be where you can, you can handle it, it says, you shall turn it into money. Thank you. He said, he said so, so he's saying, well, it's not the, the, the sheep or the, you, this or that. You can't hurt them that far. You can't do it. Then you turn it into money and bring the money to the house of God. That's what it teaches. And so um, here we find this throughout the word of God. And then I'm about to read the scripture that everybody reads when they, when they go through this. And so here, here they are. It's the law. It's, it's, it, now it's something that you have to do. It's something that is part of the law of God. You must do it. And in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 8, it says, Will a man rob God? Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But you say, Wherein have we robbed thee? He answers, in tithes and offerings, ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, 
even this whole nation. And so it was established as a law. And when people began to decide they were not going to give the things of God to where it already belonged, he said, you've robbed me. Both tithes and offerings. Offering is a free will offering. It depends on uh, the blessings of the Lord. To be honest with you, a tithing uh, doesn't take faith. Now, I'm not saying you don't have to have faith to be in to operate, but tithing is not so much about faith as it is math. It's 10%. You don't have to, like, go and pray about it. God, what should I give? How should I give my tithing? It's 10%. It's math. It's Bible. But a free will offering is based on the what you want to send up, the vapor you want to send up. It's based on what you're going to heave up. Sow sparingly, reap sparingly. That has nothing to do with the tithing. The tithing has nothing to do with you trying to figure out how you're going to do it by faith. That is something that you do because uh, you honor God with your substance. An offering, a free will offering, is different than a tithing. This is actually a pink elephant, I believe, right now. That's, that's what's happening right now. But this, this, is, a, this is God that, that says, you have robbed me. Me. You say, well, money is not about... You go to the New Testament. You say, it's just, it's just, a, it's just money. God don't care about money. No, it's the attitude that money is with. Just like the money is not evil, it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. You find where Ananias and Sophia lied about their money, and God struck them dead in the church house. Oh, we're going to blow this elephant on up. In the church house. That's New Testament. That's in the dispensation of grace. Grace. That, that dispensation. That had to do, remember, not just with money, but the attitude of money. And lying to God. Or stealing from God. But in the New Testament, we find that offerings and tithing are very important in the Old Testament. The Bible says we are robbing God. But again, it's important just because of this. Understand this. Just because something was incorporated into the law of Moses does not mean that it is based on the law of Moses. Just because it's incorporated into the law does not mean it was based on the law. Thou shalt not kill is a good law of the Ten Commandments. Everyone agree with that? But that was already in play before the Ten Commandments. There was no death. First of all, sin's what brought that whole thing in. The Bible says death came by sin. Sin brought that in. Cain kills his brother Abel and God curses him. Killing people was already a bad idea before it ever got in the law. So what? Because it got pulled into the law, now the law is over, we're just going to do away with that and start killing people? No. It was a good idea before the law, it was a good idea during the law, and it's a good idea after the law. What's wrong with tithing? It was the right thing before the law, it's the right thing during the law, and it's the right thing after the law. The law could not stop when it did not start. 
The law did not start tithing. It cannot stop tithing. It has no power over it. It is an act of love and of faith all the way back to my father, Abraham. Abraham's the one that put this in me. I've got the genes of Abraham inside of me of faith and love. That's why I tithe. Why did Abraham give tithe? I'll tell you why. It was in his heart. It was law of God in his heart. He didn't operate based on law. Yes, he did. Oh, boy, everyone's just staring me down. Genesis 26, 5. Because Abraham obeyed my voice. And kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. It was a law. It was just in his heart, not on stone. It was a law of Abraham. He obeyed the law. But it wasn't the law that was on stone. What happened with Abraham and the reason God doesn't say, you need to be like your father Moses. It's because Moses and them had it on the stone. But you skip over Moses and get all the way back to Abraham, and he did what God tried to do with the children of Israel. He got the law in his heart. He didn't have to walk around someone beating it into him because he got it inside. What? To honor God with my substance, with the first fruits of all my increase. He had it in his heart. It wasn't on a stone. Hmm. Oh, lift your hands for a moment. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. The law could not stop what it did not start. Abraham, he did not just do his own thing. He walked by a law. He walked by truth. He walked by statue. He walked by commandments. But it got on the inside of him. And that's what God has called us to do. First of all, people say, well, I don't do that because it's under the law. And Jesus did away with the law, did he? He didn't do away with the law. He said, I have not come to destroy the law. I've come to fulfill the law. I've come to put it back the way it meant to be. i come to put it back the way it was when Abraham had it in his heart. I came to do it the way I originally. Remember what we talked about last Sunday? Well, I come to do what I originally meant to do, which was I talked to the people of Israel. I tried to speak the word into the heart, but they fell back, and I couldn't get it in their heart, so I had to get it on the stone. But I've come to fulfill the law. I've come to go back to Abraham, where someone had this thing wrapped up on the inside of them and said nothing can take it away from me. I love my God, my Savior, and I will honor him with the first fruits. Jesus speaking on a different subject, but nevertheless in John 8, 39, he answers that Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if ye are the Abraham's children, ye should do the works of Abraham. Do what Abraham did. Abraham paid tithes. Before the law. 
Now, I keep bringing this up because that's the big thing in this world. Oh, I'm not under the law. Tithing was incorporated into the law because it was such a good thing. And they did not get it in their heart. So God was trying to help them to do the right thing. It goes all the way back to Abraham that got the law in his heart. Oh, man. So, you say you're the children of Abraham. Do the works of Abraham. (laughs) Who was the tithing for? Before the law, it was for the man of God. Melchizedek, priest of the Most High God. During the law, it was for the man of God. Levitical priesthood. After the law... It was for the man of God. The Bible says, Hebrews 6 and 20, Wherefore the forerunner is of us entered into Jesus, made a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. One thing we know about him is he took tithe. We don't know anything else about him. That he showed up and took the tithe. Thank God your pastor don't do that. But see, he's the high priest. But then you have the priesthood. That is the five-fold ministry, the people that God has put, and your pastor in a local assembly in particular. Let's look at some scriptures. Oh, man. Look at the time. All right. 1 Corinthians 9 and 1. Am I not an apostle? This is Paul talking, and he's mad, by the way. He's upset. Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Huh? I'm talking to you. That's what he's saying. Have I not seen the Lord Christ? Are not ye the work? Are ye not my work in the Lord? I'm the one that brought you into the church. I'm the one that taught you the gospel. I'm the one that shared the gospel to you. Am I not? And and why is it? And this is what he's getting into. Why is it that you're not helping in the ministry? And he's going back. I'm going to have to jump because I, I, I've got time. I was going to hit all this. He's talking about I've got power to do this, power to do that, da 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 Verse, cha- uh, chapter 9, verse 7. Who goeth to warfare at any time of his own charge? Otherwise, you don't pay for your own stuff when you go to war. It's, it's provided for you. He's talking about the ministry that's out there fighting the good fight of faith. He said, you don't do that by yourself. Who plants a vineyard and eat not of the fruit thereof? He says, you're, 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 you're part of the work that I did for God. Now, you get, remember, he's upset. I'm not. <laughs> or who feedeth the flock and eateth not of the milk of the flock? Otherwise, you put the work in, you get the what out. He says in verse 8, Say I these things as a man, or say, um, say, say not the law the same also. We're talking the same thing here. Verse 9, for it is written in the law, thou shalt not muzzle the mouth. Now, now you've got to understand, Paul is one that is always trying to make sure people understand that we do not live based under the law. But he reaches back to Abraham But then, because he's dealing with people unruly, why do you need law? Why do you have to establish law? Because people are unruly. 
If everyone did what Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself, we wouldn't need laws, would we? We wouldn't try to steal from each other. We'd be trying to help each other. We'd be trying to, we wouldn't be covenant each other's uh, uh, cars and houses. And we wouldn't try to be uh, in relationships we shouldn't be in. If everyone was living right. But the law is for the lawless. So now he's having to appeal to the law, even though he always is talking about we don't live under the law. But he is reaching back all the way to Abraham. Here we go. Where's that? Verse 9. For it is written in the law, Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. Doth God take care of the ox? If the ox is working, and he is speaking of the ministry here, call me an ox. And I'll call you the elephant. No, I'm just joking. I won't do that. He, he is talking about the ox that is working so hard and it's hot and he's going through the process. He said, don't muzzle him where he has to do all the work, but don't get the benefit from his work. He said, make sure there's a muzzle off of him so whenever he wants to, he can reach down there and take a bite of the work he is doing. He is saying you've got to treat people and allow people to have the fruit of their labor. Don't muzzle the ox. Verse 10. Or saith he uh, this for our sakes. For our sakes, no doubt, is written. Yes. He hath the power. um, He that ploweth should plow in hope. If someone works hard, they should work hard with the idea that one day they're going to enjoy the fruit of their labor. You start. Let me tell you something. Now, I'll be honest with you. God's been so good to me, unbelievably good to me. I had a conversation once because I, I, wanted the, I wanted the anointing of God, right? I wanted the power of God. I was a young man. I was feeling the Holy Ghost, and I'm reading all these stories and about these great pioneers that went, and they didn't have anything, and they didn't, you know, they didn't have cars. They didn't have this. They, they, they preached under t- uh, uh, trees and slept under trees, and I'm reading all this stuff, and I'm just crying, and I talked to Brother J.T. Pugh, this great old man of God, and I said, Brother, I just don't, I don't want to you'll lose anything. I want all the power of God I can get. And so I've got such a wonderful opportunity. I wasn't, I just started preaching. I wasn't even thinking about passion. Didn't even think I could. But nevertheless, I I was just like, you know, should I go to a mission field? Should I do something? Because, you know, I need to be persecuted. I need it. I need, I want the power of God. And he just looked at me and he said, are you crazy? I I was driving him. I was like, uh, no, sir. Uh, He said, if God wants you to go through something, you'll go through something. Don't be trying to work up things for you to go through. (laughs) God needs you through something. You're going to go through it. But, but, But Bishop, when he started this, it wasn't this. I'm going to go over a little bit tonight. Please bear with me. I'm sorry. It wasn't this. Please don't just walk out. One night, just bear with me, please. Everybody say amen. Thank you. He said, he said it, it wasn't like this. He was him and him and mom. They were in a in a little little rundown house that had rats in it and all kinds of stuff. But you know what? He labored. He labored hard, and God's blessed him. He should not be muzzled. 
That's what happened. He labored in hope. Now, he wasn't in hope that, that he was going to get a, a car. That wasn't what he labored. He labored for people's souls. But the benefit of it came that there was tithing that came in that he is blessed from. And he shouldn't be embarrassed about it, and you shouldn't be ashamed of it. He said, in, I'm skipping through this, I'm sorry, 11. He, he, um, if we sow unto you spiritual things, is it a great thing that we reap uh, from you carnal things? I understand, he's saying, I understand the process. I'm sowing spiritual things into you, but is it really a great thing that I'm reaping carnal things? Mm. 12. If others partake of the power over you, and not, um, not we rather, nevertheless, we have not used this power. He's saying, we have not used this power. Otherwise, he is very clearly saying, we have the power to use. But I have decided, let me just tell you why, and I'm not talking to this church because this is a great church. I ain't got no problems here. Hallelujah. Uh, but what he's saying here is, nevertheless, we have the power to do it. We have the power to preach it on you. We have the power to preach it until you feel the conviction. But what he's saying is because you have, when you read this whole thing in context, because you have such a bad attitude. I have the power to use it, but I'm not. They suffer all things. I just don't want to hinder the gospel. That's what he says. I want the gospel to go forward. And so I'm trying not to push these things on you. And then it goes on. You know, we, we did the temple and we received the, 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 the altar and all these different things. Verse 14. I'm sorry, I'm skipping these. Even so hath the Lord ordained, ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. <laughs> they that preach the gospel should live of the gospel. He says, this is the, what God has ordained. But he goes on again to say that I'm not, I'm not pushing y'all to do it. I don't want your money because you got an attitude. That's what he goes on to say. But the next book, when he comes back in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, you're going to have to read the whole thing. I'm not going to read it tonight. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, he's talking about how you have fallen back in this one area. You're doing great things, Corintha. You're really excelling in a lot of wonderful things. But I, I did not burden you. Look what it says. For when, um, where, where you, uh, you, you've lost some, some, some ground here is what it's saying. He said in the churches, here it goes, except that I myself did not burden you, forgive me this wrong. He said, you had an attitude, so I didn't want to push you because I just wanted the gospel to go forward. But when I'm looking back at it, I'm asking you to forgive me because I should have been a little burden to you. Because you have fallen behind in this one area because I did not say yes. You need to help move the gospel forward. You need to no longer take tithing to the temple that's not teaching what you teach anymore. You need to give it to the apostles and the people that are taking the gospel around the world. That's where you should be. You should feel the burden. He said, I've done wrong not putting this burden on you. I'm not saying it's not a burden. I'm saying that there are some burdens that we're supposed to carry because it honors God and it pushes the gospel forward. 
I'm trying to hurry. Jesus, he was talking about people being hypocritical. In Matthew 23, 23, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye pay tithing. Um, you're, 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 you're so showy with your tithing. But he says you omit the weightier matters of the law. Judgment. Remember we talked about needing to make good judgment. Mercy and faith. But look what he says here. These ought ye to have done not to leave the others undone. He's saying you're just too focused on everyone seeing you drop the money. And, oh, look at me. He's saying, no, no. It's not that you shouldn't be doing this, but you need to make sure you, you, you have the right priorities. But he said, do that, but don't leave the other undone. Oh, I could spend time on all of this stuff. I'm moving. Malachi 3 and 10. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that ye may have meat in my house, and prove me now herein. Prove me, he says. God says, bring me the tithe into the storehouse. And God issues this challenge. Prove me. Prove me, he says. Saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you do not have room enough to receive. Now, let me, oh, man, I wish I had time to do all this. Here when it talks about open up the windows of heaven, many translations translate that. Uh, open up the storm gate. Open up the floodgate. It's, it's the window is something that's there. It's a floodgate. He's saying, listen, uh, you, you have not been lined. And so the reason you don't have room enough to receive is because there's been blessings that's been backing up on you, uh, and it's a floodgate. But whenever you step in alignment uh, with honoring me, that's what tithing is. It's honoring God, uh, the high priest. Uh, when you do that, I will open up the floodgate, uh, and the blessing that comes out, uh, it's been stacking up so long, uh, you don't have room enough uh, to receive uh, what I'm going to dish out on you. Somebody needs to believe God and his word. Don't pay your tithes begrudgingly. Do it with excitement. Do it with anticipation that when I begin to step into this, God's going to open up some doors. Oh, all of these things have so much good things in them. How the, he's going to just not going to let the devourer come in. All the nitpicky things come at you. God's going to take care of you when you honor him. Honor, honor him. All right. Just stay with me. Honor him. Do you know most, most of the time in the Bible, many times in the Bible, most of the times that I've found thus far, I'm looking, I actually just begin to see this. The word honor in the Bible is not talking about, we think of honor as reverence. We reverence you. And there are times in the Bible it means that. But many, many, many times in the Bible, when it says to honor, it's talking about giving people money. You know, there's even a payment called an honorarium. It's dealing with honor. Matter of fact, the word that says, like bishop, those that have served you, they've been there, they are, it should be counted of double honor. That word honor is money. That word honor there is not us going, we honor you, we honor you. It's talking about, and you know what? 
even though there's people that may or may not even know that, there are people in this church that are living by principle, the word of God, things that they may, not, they, they may have heard what I'm saying right now for the first time. But when it says those, those that have served well, they should be counted of double honor. That does not mean double tithing. It just means that you honor them with substance. You help them out. They've been serving in the kingdom of God. It's especially those that have been working in the word of God, been teaching the word of God. He says you honor them. You give them double honor. There are people in this church right now that honor Bishop beyond the offerings of this church and the tithing. They help him pay for a house that God just blessed them with above and beyond. You know what they're doing? They are in the word of God and they might not even know it. But God says honor them that served you. That don't mean just respect them. It means put your money where your mouth is and do something that blesses them that have served you year after year after year. Just stand with me. Don't go nowhere. Just stand. It's going to encourage me to the end. Hebrews 7 and 9 said, as I, as I have, I have, I've got a lot of things to say, but Le, Levi said, Levi also who received tithe, or excuse me, receiveth tithe, he received tithe, but first he payeth tithe in Abraham. <laughs> For while he was yet in the loins, of his father when he met Melchizedek. He wasn't even born yet. But the Bible says that Levi paid tithes when he was still in the loins of his father Abraham. When you begin to live in the blessed, honored life, God honors your descendants. People in your life, think about it. People that truly blessed and honored you, that are dead, maybe their kids are having issues. And you still go out of your way for those kids because of who their father was. That's the way God says it. Because of what Abraham did. It was passed down from generation to generation. I'm telling you, when you honor God with the first fruits of your increase, there is so much stuff I'm not getting to. All right. Tithing is, means a tenth part. It is, it is a representation of the whole. To honor God, he says, honor me with this tithing. He says, when you bring offerings to me that are, that are sub-level, and you're, you know, they're, like we said, they're blind, they're lame, they're coming. He says, that's not honoring me. Honor me with your best. He says, if you honor me with your best... I will open up the windows of heaven. I'm going to give. You are not, I'm going to say it nice and plain, you are not paying tithe if you are giving 6%, 7%. It's impossible to pay tithe. It's just like being baptized. When people sprinkle people, that's impossible to be baptism because baptism, the word means something. The word baptism means to emerge. So if you get sprinkled, I'm sure it was nice, but it's the word means to, to be put under. It means something. The same as with tithing. Tithing means something. It means 10%. And that is 10% of your gross. That is what the Bible teaches. Now let me just say this real quick, because I'm not going to probably say this for a long time, I hope. 
that it's amazing the people that know what your gross is when you're trying to get a car or a loan. You know what you make at that point. But amnesia sets in when it comes time to pay your tithing. You know what your increase is. It's 10% of your increase. Oh, boy. I should have ended on a better, higher note than that, don't you think? Let me tell you something. The blessings of God are on a church that gives tithes and offerings. I did not even get into the free will offerings. Maybe I'll do it another time. But a free will offering is something that you need to give. You need to give tithing, and you should give a free will offering. And let me tell you, this is the way I believe and the way I see it in the Word of God. Tithing is set. It is to honor God. Your offerings is the blessings of God. Now, if you don't first honor God before you start trying to give uh, and you're giving all these offerings, that's not going to work either. First, you need to honor God with your substance, and then you need to give a free will offering. And what I believe is the offering is... It, the, the, the tithing is where you get into the blessings, but the, the spout gets bigger with the offerings. Now, y'all don't hear me talk about money, do you? Oh, but you're hearing it tonight, aren't you? Lift your hands. Lord, in the name of Jesus. God, these amazing people that give so much. God, these people give beyond themselves. As they say, I feel like I'm preaching to the choir, but... You, these people have given around the world. They have helped build orphanages and they have helped build churches all over this world. God, these people give to missions and home missions and foreign missions. They give all over this place. They have always treated the ministry of this church wonderful. Lord, I pray that we will continue to know what your word teaches, that we will pass it down to generation to generation. God, you blessed us in this little town of Bellevue. God, it's amazing what you have done here. God, and I thank you for letting us be a part of it. God, don't let us begin to shortchange the blessings of God. Don't let us begin to shortchange and try to bring you something that is subpar. Help us to continue to give you our very best exactly as you have asked us to do. Lord, I thank you once again for these wonderful people. Let us leave this place in the blessings and the power of God. If there's anyone here that does not pay their tithe tonight, let them start and let them continue for the rest of their life. If there's anyone here that does not give to the kingdom of God, let them start tonight and let them continue for the rest of their life. I pray that we will continue to stay in that blessing mode that goes all the way back to Abraham in the name of Jesus. Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. That's it. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. He's a good God. He's a great God. And we worship Him. I skipped a lot of scriptures that just talk about giving. It shall be given. Just trust the Word of God. Believe in the Word of God. Act upon it. And God's going to continue to direct your path. Anything else I need to say tomorrow? Refresh. And we're, it's lunch, right? Is tomorrow first Thursday? Yes, so we're going to be eating. We're going to be eating and then men's prayer. So after refresh service that starts at 1.30, after that, bring a potluck and eat with us. If you're running and you don't have anything to bring, just come on, get a, bring a soda or something and just come on and have a good time with us on Thursday. Uh, and so then refresh, men's prayer. What else is going on? There's lots of stuff. Easter, don't forget to invite people to Easter. All right, I'm going to stop talking now. God bless you. I love you. Bye.
Someone is about to be baptized. We'll get your attention in just a minute. Dismissed. 